0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 736, air date August 28th, 2020. I'm here, but right now I'm going to mute, mute everyone. That's Don't take it anything negative. We'll go, come back. Okay, hello everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Yadurai. Welcome to our town hall. We've done this before, but we're doing this for our volunteers here. And we have people joining in uh, from across Massachusetts, across the country. So we'll just take a couple moments. And um, the purpose of today's town hall, as I advertise, is to really have a conversation with where the Senate campaign is at, um, discuss a couple of important issues, three issues that I put out there, the economy, racism, and healthcare. By the way, those three, are probably the three biggest issues um, that we need to address, particularly the latter two. Um, there's really not been any real solutions to any of them because we have a bunch of lawyers who we keep electing in Congress, and we want to talk about that. Uh, politicians love racism. They want to pit black and white people against each other so they never have to solve the real issues, which is infrastructure or healthcare. And they actually don't really have a solution to healthcare, um, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, about the need to really eliminate costs. Uh, one of the things President Trump did was he went after PBMs, which we'll talk about. But we're going to have a real discussion about issues, the economy, racism, and healthcare. And we also have people here from our team here with about a number of people more local who are who have been um, part of our campaign also listening in. Anyway, uh, wow, we got almost 700 people live right here. 600, 700 people with people from... Florida, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Colorado. By the way, a senator um, is not just a state office, it's a federal office. And uh, what we do at the Senate level affects all people. That's why people all over the country have been very, very excited about this campaign, in addition to people in Massachusetts, because they recognize uh, a Senate campaign has profound, the people we elect in Senate can have a profound influence for a very, very long time. People on Zoom here, locally, if you have a question, feel free to just chat, okay? Right up, I'll give you chat rights to do that, so everyone can, um, so you can, let me see, just give everyone rights. Uh, Participants can chat with, yep, you can chat right with me if you have questions. People online, you can also chat, um, you can send messages right here. Anyway, we have a great number of people here. We're up to about 750 people. It's live, people from also outside of the, people from South Boston, good to have you. People from Chicago, people from uh, Boston, uh, Arizona. In fact, we had a, a, a woman who's a nurse and her husband drove all the way from Arizona here to do a bunch of standouts with us. That's the kind of support we have. We have uh, Chicopee, Massachusetts, great. We have Jeremy from Chicopee, uh, Springfield, um, Jeremy, we're gonna be out at Chicopee shortly. So as we're getting people coming in, um, those of you online uh, on Zoom are welcome to also follow me on Shiva for Senate. So I'm gonna share a couple of things with everyone here. Um, If as people are coming in some important events, but before I get into this discussion, I'm sharing the screen right now um, and I'm going to Shiva for Senate. One of the important things you can see on our website we have a lot of exciting things going on. But the number one thing is September 1st is the primary and people who want to vote in Massachusetts for Shiva percentage should ask for the Republican ballot, the Republican ballot, because 60 percent of Massachusetts are people who are independents so they can choose a Democrat ballot or the Republican ballot. There's only 10 percent of voters who are registered Republican in Massachusetts. 30 percent are Democrats. So a lot of people can choose either ballot. That's what we're telling people to choose a Republican ballot. The other thing is if we go to the events section, some couple of important things going on. Um, Our campaign actually campaigns. Um, We've traveled to close to 250 cities. And uh, between now and the primary date on September 1st, if you go to events and you click on a schedule that we have here, we're doing a truth, freedom, and health innovation tour across Massachusetts. And um, uh, if people on... Here, one also go listen to it they can on zoom you're welcome to go listen to but i'll play it live here it may be a little bit muffled because i'm playing it through the computer but if you go to shiva for senate and i'm going to share this video with you so i'm going to play it live here but it's a video that commemorates the anniversary of the invention of email but we're going to hit 16 towns and it's a really cool video john one of our volunteers put together so let me play it here for everyone hello this is dr shiva ayadurai August 30th, 1982, is the official day when the United States Copyright Office awarded me the first U.S. copyright, recognizing me as the inventor of email for my 1978 invention. I would like all of you to join us in celebrating this very important day, which commemorates the fact that innovation can occur anytime, anyplace, by anybody. I invented email long before I came to MIT. As a 14-year-old boy working in Newark, New Jersey, as a research fellow, I was given a challenge to convert the old-fashioned paper-based inter-office mail system consisting of the inbox, the outbox, the folders, the memo containing the to, from, subject, BCC, CC, fields, carbon copy, registered mail, the address book, and the entire process of receiving, sending, transmitting, forwarding, and storing inter-office memos into its electronic equivalent. As a 14-year-old boy, I converted that entire system into its electronic form, and I named that system email, E-M-A-I-L, a term that I was first to create. Given that the operating system at that time only allowed for five characters. All of this occurred in 1978 before I came to MIT. When I arrived at MIT in 1981, the president of MIT advised me to copyright my invention, given that the United States Supreme Court was not recognizing software patents. However, in 1980, the Software Act was passed, which allowed inventors of software to use copyright to protect their inventions. As a 17-year-old boy, while an undergraduate freshman at MIT, I wrote away for the papers, completed all the paperwork, submitted all of my code, and on August 30, 1982, a young American boy was issued the first US copyright for email, recognizing me as the inventor of email. To be clear, I wrote all the code to convert the entire interoffice paper-based mail system into its electronic equivalent, named it email, and received the first copyright, recognizing me as the inventor of email at a time when copyright was the only mechanism to protect software inventions. Furthermore, let me also be clear that I've never claimed to be the inventor of electronic messaging. Electronic messaging, which is a transfer of text messages through electronic and electrical devices, dates back to the invention of the telegraph. However, in 1978, a 14-year-old boy did invent email in Newark, New Jersey, while working at a small medical college, today known, now a part of Rutgers Medical School. These are the facts, but most importantly, the invention of email reflects the American spirit that innovation can occur anytime, anyplace, by anybody. To commemorate this day, August 30th, I will be doing a Truth, Freedom and Health Innovation Tour across Massachusetts. Our tour on the 29th will begin in Boston and head to Worcester, from Worcester to Chicopee and then from Chicopee to Great Barrington. On the morning of the 30th we will host a breakfast in great barrington and then head up to pittsfield from pittsfield to north adams and then from north adams to irving and then to Leminster, and then finally back to boston on the 31st we'll start in boston and head to quincy from quincy to plymouth from plymouth to barnstable from barnstable to new bedford from new bedford to brockton and then back to boston on september 1st we will start again in boston and head to billerica from billerica up to Haverhill, from Haverhill to gloucester and from Gloucester to Peabody and then back to Boston join us on this important occasion. Also, as I stop at these cities, those who come to celebrate with us will get a signed copy of the original copyright certification where I was recognized as the inventor of email. So join us and celebrate the anniversary of email on August 30th to commemorate the invention of email by a young 14-year-old boy in Newark, New Jersey in 1978. Thank you very much. This is Dr. Shivaya Dure. Please remember to vote in the Republican primary on September 1st, and I approve this message. All right, so I hope that helps everyone understand what some of the important things that are gonna be coming up. And the reason I wanted to play that, uh, Debbie, you can hear us all right? Was that good? Did you guys hear it? Okay, good. The reason I wanted to play that was because it really leads to the first discussion of today's town hall, which is the economy. The reason that America's economy was so powerful was because this country was built on innovation. It was built by innovators. And the laws were created to support innovation. What is innovation? Innovation is about trying to do the impossible. It's about trying to solve something no one has ever solved before. And innovation is ultimately the engine of truth, freedom, and health. The founders of this country established, unlike any other country, one of the best patent protection laws, intellectual property protection, because they themselves were innovators. Franklin was an innovator. He had many patents to himself. Um, uh, uh, Many of the founders actually created things. The creations that they made were allowed to be patented, and those patents generated royalties, which created an immense amount of health uh, wealth. I mean, so if you go uh, to recent modern times, 33,000 businesses came out of MIT. 33,000 businesses, those businesses were started by people with ideas, engineers, people who solve problems, and they ended up generating to still to this day two trillion, two trillion dollars to the USGD, okay? That's quite extraordinary. We came from an idea, converting it to something that people could use, which solved the problem. That's what email was, and I've done that my whole life. That's really the foundations of an economy, innovation. People start a business. Doesn't mean you have to start, you know, create email or create, create the telephone or create a space shuttle, but even someone starting a local business, that's innovation because you're taking your idea and you're manifesting it and you're getting it out. The laws for small businesses, when the founders created this, were to keep government out of your business. The idea was that you would go prosper and that wealth that you created would create wealth for others. That's what, again, made this country great. Over the, since the 1970s, there's been a significant move to constrain small business growth. There's nearly 25 million small businesses in the United States. And that growth is in fact, most of the jobs come from small businesses. The big companies are always in competition with the small businesses. One of the ways that the economy struggles is big companies, people need to understand love regulations. It's a way to knock out the small guys. That's what happened with this COVID event. The big guys stayed open, small guys couldn't stay open. Just think about that. Okay, big guys stayed open, Amazon stayed open, You know, Dunkin Donuts stayed open, Starbucks stayed open, but because of the regulatory framework, the small guys didn't stay open. So regulations always, always, always help big people. In fact, Facebook actually wants social media to be regulated. You know why? Because they have all the lawyers, small Facebooks come up, and they won't be able to sustain the level of regulations that Facebook can comply with. It sounds like a contradiction. But this is what people don't get. So those people are saying, we're going to go regulate the big guys. They actually want regulation. And if you look at the banking industry, Elizabeth Warren loved regulation. She claimed she was going to help the small guys. They pushed regulation on the big banks, but it destroyed nearly 2,000 small banks in the United States. So it's not regulation. It's basically ensuring that we don't have consolidation of power among a few. That's what they don't want to do. Regulations actually help consolidate power and that's what's happened in every field in this country be it the transportation industry big trucking companies make it very hard for small truckers to survive but 80 percent of the goods in this country gets moved by small truckers you take healthcare; you can't be a small doctor anymore the regulations force a doctor to leave their small practices and go join large practices you go into every field be it in telecommunications, be it in healthcare, be it in every major industry. In fact, in pharmaceuticals, the people who talk about safe vaccines, by the way, the liberal Democrats typically use the word safety. Safety is typically the code word meaning it sounds good, but I'm gonna create bigger government to come regulate you even further. So the way we create a vibrant economy has always been bottoms up. That's why this country is always powerful. We're at an important point though, in U.S. history because we've seen massive consolidation of wealth in the last four months, 600 billionaires, 600 people consolidated their wealth by two point three trillion dollars. That's what occurred Why 38 million Americans uh, were thrown out of work and a number of small businesses are never going to come back again. Yet these big companies survived. So. My view on all of this is that we have to go back to fundamentals: innovation, innovation, innovation. This, the reason I share the story of email, it's not about me getting credit when, in fact, I did invent email. People try to deny it, then I will go get credit. But the bigger credit is that email took place before I came to MIT in a small medical college. Um, TV was invented by a small 14-year-old kid in Franklin, Idaho. It was a it was a small Michigan mechanic who created the automatic. Wind washing system, which was called control systems, which actually a bunch of MIT professors stole from him. So the issue is there's a lot of smart people in this country and we need to unleash innovation. And when we unleash innovation, that's when we produce incredible amount of wealth, not just having three or four companies in Silicon Valley or in Kendall Square own innovation. So that's one of the first things I wanted to share with you on the economy. Let's move to racism. The real way to solve racism and I want to define what racism is. Racism is using race to divide people. Elizabeth Warren, or for one's own advancement, Elizabeth Warren is a racist. She used race, used exploited race for her advancement. There are people in the wealthy liberal neighborhoods of Massachusetts who put up these BLM signs, Black Lives Matter signs. They don't give a damn about black people. They're doing that so they can feel good because many of them are actually big time racists by putting that up. They get to absolve themselves of all of their guilt. They're not doing it to solve racism. So on the one hand, what's happening in this country, you have one set of people, a lot of liberal whites who are supporting Black Lives Matter, which is an arm of the Democratic Party, and another set of people who actually don't care about the police. They're saying we don't want the police to be defunded. But what they're actually doing, it's actually hypocrisy because they actually don't care about the police, just like the liberal whites don't care about the blacks. What they really want to do is they want to separate people. A lot of the politicians are doing this. The real point here is police and people have always been united because police are part of our community. And this dialectic is actually about dividing the police from the people. That's what it's really about. Because if a revolution comes up in this country, like all revolutions, if you look in history, the police and the people always stand together. Against the establishment, so you have. To, this is not about one side or the other. This is about the police and people standing together. So it's a very different view I have because you have a lot of opportunist politicians who are supporting BLM and a lot of opportunist politicians who never supported the police suddenly saying, "Oh, I'm going to make sure the police aren't defunded." It's all the flavor of the day. The real issues: is police and people need to stand together against the establishment because the establishment. The very wealthy people have private security and the super thugs will have arms on their own. And we in the middle working class will be stuck. They want to take away the Second Amendment and they want to separate police from the people. So that's my view on that. And again, to define what racism is, racism is people using race for their own political advancement. Charlie Baker, Marty Walsh in Massachusetts in 2017, they branded me a white supremacist a nazi and a kkk because i dare go to a free speech rally and share the views that th- that people like hillary clinton people like joe biden were the racists and they incentivize or or basically started a race war by f- by basically inspiring forty thousand people to show up on the boston common to say that 40 of us were racist unbelievable but that's what politicians do marty walsh A white politician Democrat was running against a black Democrat, so he needed to show the black people he was so much against racism and and Charlie Baker was running against a Hispanic. Okay, that's what politicians do all throughout history. They always like to pit one group against another. That's the racism. It's not some people calling me a name and I've been called all sorts of what you would call racial slurs. I just consider that ignorance. The real racism are the politicians and those of power who divide us. So that's the second point I wanted to make. And the third point I wanted to make before we go to Q&A is healthcare. If you really look at healthcare, everyone talks about healthcare but no one talks about care or health. Real health comes from a very simple understanding. First, a human being must take responsibility for their own health. Hippocrates, which is the Hippocratic Oath, made a very famous statement. He goes, if you are not your own doctor, then you're a fool. And the and the fundamentals of that with each one of us were supposed to understand what our bodies needed, that their body is a system, and we should take responsibility for our health. That's where health starts, each person taking responsibility for their health. If we don't do that, you get the flip system, this massive Obamacare system of the government top down, Top down involved in our lives. So between you and your doc- Sorry, everyone. We're back. I think we're back in. Okay. So what I was sharing was when it comes to healthcare, um, uh, one of the most important things with healthcare is to recognize that as Hippocrates said, we have to take responsibility for our health. And what the system has done is to teach people to separate themselves from their bodies and their practitioners. So in between your doctor and the medicine that you need or the doctors is this huge layer of garbage right now. The IRS is involved, the NIH is involved, you have lawyers involved, you you have uh, every professional society involved and particularly two important organizations called GPOs, GPOs, group purchasing organizations, as well as PBMs. These two organizations control the supply chain of flow of medicines, from the manufacturers to the outlets. They also control the flow of everything that comes into a hospital, the insulin, the bedpans, the bedsheets, everything. And over the last 40 years, these people are lot allowed by the Safe Harbor Act, which was passed in 2000, to actually give kickbacks, legalize corruption to hospital administrators to keep the costs high. So what I wanna tell you is between you and the practitioner now is a layer of garbage and that garbage is keeping healthcare costs high. That's what's going on. And so how do we reduce that? Well, first of all, we have to eliminate the Safe Harbor Act of 2000. Number one, that's part of my Health Rights Act. The second thing that we need to do is we need to encourage people to have a close relationship between themselves and take responsibility for the health, like you do with your car. You don't buy insurance for your car. You find a good mechanic, and you eighty percent of the stuff occurs with that mechanic's relationship. That's called direct, you know, in the in the healthcare world, direct primary care. You pay fifty to seventy-five bucks out of pocket. Now you're responsible to a direct primary care physician. There's a growing number of them. They then take care of you for eighty percent, and then you buy reinsurance, which is for the from the big reinsurance providers. Maybe you pay about hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks. In the situation where awful things occur, less than two hundred bucks a month, you have full health care for you. You eliminate all the middlemen, and you take responsibility for their health care. So anyway, I'm going to end on that, so we can take some questions. Um, uh, but everyone, remember, you know, if you want to go to our website, you can see all of this up there. You know, we've done I've done a lot of work with our team to make sure you can see this. So if you go to our website, shivapercented.com, we have a wonderful page here. Uh, where I actually discuss issues with people. You can go right to the page. We have the issues for truth, freedom, and health. And I'll do that on a different town hall uh, about the environment, my positions on free speech, healthcare, homeschooling, racism, second amendment, vaccine, school choice, uh, et cetera, police and people, everything is up there, my positions on on all of them. So please go take advantage of that. There's a lot of good content there for people to review. But today, uh, let's talk about economy. Let's talk about racism. And let's talk about healthcare. So, let me take some questions Uh, over on Zoom. People can post questions. And over here, we can have questions. Thank you. Annie says, You got my vote. Thanks, Annie. And by the way, everyone out there, I want you to do something for me, okay? Uh, If you go to our website, let me go back to our website here. Um, A couple of things people can do. And I want to share what you do for what I do, what I'll do for you as you're doing that is if you go to the website, there's a wonderful Uh, first, uh, everyone, everyone listening. We have how many people we have listening. Okay. We have close to about 550 people here and another 20, we have about 600 people around. Everyone tell your friends, anyone, you know, or if you're in Massachusetts, you got to vote in the September one primary. The people, the establishment does not want people voting in primaries. They're like the playoffs before you get to the championships because they want to, They want to control who wins the primary elections. So we need everyone out there voting in the primary. If you're outside of Massachusetts, outside of the United States, everyone is probably two degrees of freedom away from someone in Massachusetts. So today, tell people that you know to vote in the primary. The other thing people can do is donate to the campaign. It has been your generous contributions that has allowed us to run a very powerful campaign that we're scaring Um, the establishment. They don't know what the hell's going on. But if you go to donate, you can go right to the page and all of you in the United States can only donate. You donate to the campaign. You get this great book that I have here called, it's up here called System and Revolution. And this book will teach you what is a system and what is revolution. You know, I've been a student of revolution. I've studied left wing, right wing, all sorts of stuff. I don't care. I want to go. I always want to understand what is revolution. I've looked at from the works of you know, Thomas Paine to George Washington, to Abraham Lincoln, even to the far left guys from Che to uh, Marx. And it's really been to understand them. What I've found is that real revolution comes bottoms up. Many of the mistakes, many of the bloodbaths that took place were when people thought a few people are the enlightened ones. And that's what's going on right now. So So I've studied it. The book talks about it. But you'll learn that real revolution comes from bottoms up. You'll also be able to use the principles of systems if you go to this site to really understand how your body is a system. You can use those same principles, and when you get the when you uh, when you support the campaign, you get access to these the book, the ebook, and the tools, <coughs> which will teach you how to your body is a system. Understand what kind of system you have, how you're deviated from yourself, and how you can use foods and exercise to bring you back to you. So please support the campaign. More immediately, what everyone can do. and you can support the campaign, okay? So again, I'm back with the video. So everyone uh, who didn't hear that, you can simply go to the website and support the campaign by simply having your friends email yes at shivaforsenate.com. And if you go to Shiva for Senate on the website, you have the opportunity to donate to the campaign. And when you donate to the campaign, you get access to a book called called System and Revolution, and then a tool which actually teaches you how to, uh, look at your body as a system. So please take advantage of that. Let me take some questions. So what do we got here? Uh, okay, We're so let's take some questions. Healthcare, racism, as well as the economy. Let's take some questions. Any questions here? Someone said, I personally have hundreds of people that I can get votes from this issue and they will tell all their people. Maria, which Marissa, which issue is that? Uh, Marissa, can you? Hi, doctor. Uh, when elected, will you vote in favor of pro-life legislation? Yes. Yeah, so let's um, talk about pro-life, my position on it. There's a video on this up there that you can go to the issues. So my view is that we need to look at pro-life and its full spectrum. First of all, as a scientist, as a biologist, it's unequivocal and there's not a belief issue. And I think that's what's happened. You have two people fighting over beliefs, but here's the biological fact. The instant that the sperm meets the egg, the within, you know, th- there's a new life formed. Uh, at, when you look at what a new life is, the epithelial form shortly thereafter, but there are two lives. So anyone who is trying to say there is not two lives are basically lying to themselves, and it's fake science. The real science is there are two lives. So, and frankly, after the baby is born. Um, one of the things I believe that's a failure on the conservative right is they will be very supportive of pro life, what I've just defined as, but they don't. They'll vote for people who destroy the air, the water, and the soil. Okay, they're voting for people who vote for Monsanto. After a child is born, there is the increasing amount of infant mortality. The United States has the highest infant mortality rate. We have childhood obesity. So. One is the life, you know, when the the baby's in the womb and then there's a life after the baby's outside of the womb, the child, human life. And I believe we need to do pro-life, pro-life, which means not only pro-life during the womb. okay, but what about all the things that occur when the baby comes out of the womb? And um, I want to impress. uh, I think. uh, uh, I think uh, uh, this is an issue. I think we should expand it again. This brings together left and right because, on the one hand, you have all these people promoting organic food against Monsanto, and then over here you have people talking about the pro-life issues, but they they're disconnected from the other issue of pro-life. So I think we should really interconnect both pro-life issues. Um, does that answer your question, Marissa? Great. But I I hope you see. So that's why I say we have to move beyond left and right. These are false divisions, because when you look at the science, you can't be destroying the soil, putting that into your mouth and saying, well, I stand for (laughs) pro-life. Okay? doesn't make any sense to me. Um, A mother who's a Christian who's pro-life putting garbage into her mouth, that's going to affect the child, which could cause, you know, some type of birth defects. So I think we need to really take pro-life in the fullness of what it means. Um, Debbie's asking a question, where do you stand on mandated flu shots for students to return to school when they're studying? Yeah. So great question. As uh, as many of you know, I've been a leader in the health field since I was a kid, uh, since I was 14 years old. I have been a research scientist. Literally, I I got my first job as a research fellow at Rutgers Medical School, working with Debbie with babies who are dying in their sleep called SIDS. I did some of the early research. Some of those now people are attributing to overvaccination. So I was one of the earliest people to do that research. So this is not something I did overnight, but politically, we cannot allow forced vaccinations. If you want to vac- if you want to vaccinate yourself and great, but don't force me to do that. This is still a free country. The human body is an oasis where I should select full control of what goes into my body. In fact, this weekend, this past weekend Saturday within 24 hours of us, we led a a big Bottoms up, powerful rally against forced vaccination because Charlie Baker and his the Republican Charlie Baker and his Democrat friends passed an order to force vaccinate our kids with the flu shot. Well, about 200 people showed up. We gave a very powerful speech. And in my speech, if you look at it, it's up there. I said, look, we got to build a bottoms up movement. Meanwhile, you have the fake rallies, the fake, quote unquote, anti-vaxxers who are the Bobby Kennedys who've been negotiating with the Democrats. And it's basically what's happened in 15 years. Our rights have been removed over and over again. And they've told people, mothers, not to protest. So they don't like us protesting. Now, after they saw our growth, they're trying to do a fake protest. This is how they do it. So they can be a controlled opposition. But we must stop this forced vaccination. It's literally the real attack on freedom and liberty. And, no, you know, and by the way, We didn't, we had 200 people there, no one wore masks, no social distancing. If you wanna wear it, great, but we're not requiring people to do that. But fundamentally the science shows the right medicine for the right person at the right time. And you're hearing that from a scientist who's known as one of the leading guys on the immune system in the world. These lawyers know nothing about it. The politicians know nothing about it. That's why I can confidently talk about this. And that's why I'll be a confident articulate advocate because I know what I'm talking about. And you must have someone like me to fight for you. You can't have any more sellouts. You can't have any more lobbyists. You can't have any more lawyers. No more lawyers. Yeah, This election is deciding whether you want some someone like me, an MIT PhD who solved problems his whole life, came bottoms up, working his butt off, or whether you want a lawyer. That's what it's about. It comes down to that. By the way, lawyers make money by creating problems. Think about their business models. They, You pay them the longer a divorce goes on, the longer a dispute goes on. So anyone you're voting for lawyers, think about the gene pool that they come from. Make problems, make problems, create problems, prolong problems. Engineers, we have to solve problems. A hairdresser has to solve a problem, right, Debbie? You cut someone's hair wrong, you do wrong. They're not going to pay you. You're out of business. Lawyers are always in business. Whether you win a case or you lose they're in business. So sharpen up, start deciding it's your choice. And that's what you need to tell your friends in Massachusetts. They have the opportunity to have a real home cooked meal, not eat Burger King all day. And, and and these politicians and the system has been feeding you Burger King. And one day you have this amazing home cooked meal You go, wow, that's what food tastes like. Well, that's what Shiva for Senate is. It's like having a home cooked meal. It's a big difference. And it's time we wake up. Thanks Debbie. Great question. So, uh, To Debbie's point, let me just go back to our website. We have a big rally, rain or shine, thunderstorms or not, back on the Boston Common. And let me show you right there. Let me go back to the the Boston Common, right here. And again, I encourage everyone uh, to go to Shiva for Senate. And let me share this with you. Let me share the screen here. If you go to the website, you'll see it like right on the website. We got a great events calendar. By the way, we have an amazing team of people, a great organization. We meet every day from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., 10 of us. And we we have a great management team, thousands of volunteers across the state. But if you go to the website, you'll see no Force vaccinations rally. And says Debbie, you asked, let me play this because people know this. is. We don't we're not just hot air. We take actions. We come up with an idea and put it into action. So we are calling another rally. Everyone out there, tell all your friends another on the Boston Common Range. Um, rain or shine, flood, deluge, thunder, we're back on the Boston Common. And why are we doing it on the Boston Common? Not on the State House steps. The State House is where the beggars go. You give power to those Democrats and Republican establishment politicians. We are going in the Common. The Common was the area where revolutionary patriotic movements took place. It's we, the people, we're not begging to these dumb, stupid politicians. They do nothing except create problems. So let me. Play this for you. This is right. This is called the No Mask, No Force Vaccinations Rally. Here we go. Let me play this right here. This is Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai. Join me on the Boston Common to stop forced vaccinations. Charlie Baker and his Democrat friends, beholden to Big Pharma, just passed an order to force vaccinate our children with a flu shot. All of it is based on a fake science of one size fits all medicine. As you know, I'm running for US Senate and I'm an MIT PhD in biological engineering, one of the leading experts on the immune system. My platform is about truth, freedom, and health. This order isn't about health. It's about power, profit, and control. If they truly cared, they would focus on boosting our children's immunity with food as medicine join me on the boston common this saturday august 29th at 10 a.m to stop horse vaccinations this is beyond left and right if you care about this as deeply as i do you must vote for me in the september first republican primary to stop horse vaccinations i'm the only one who has the expertise and will to fight this this is dr shivaya dure and i approve this message all right so everyone tell your friends get out on the boston common this saturday August 29th, August 29th, 10 a.m., rain or shine. We're out there. And then we're heading on our innovation tour. But anyway, thanks, David. Let's take another question. Someone said, wish you win. <laughs> this is what we need to do. No more wishing and hoping. We need to work hard. We have five days. Everyone out there, please tell your friends to vote for Shiva for Senate or your friends, friends in Massachusetts. Anyone who's in Massachusetts listening right now, if you voted or you're going to vote, please send me an email to yes, YES, at shiva4senate.com, S H shiva B A, numeral4senate.com. Again, I'll repeat, anyone who has voted for me in Massachusetts or is planning on voting, please send an email to YES at shiva, numeral4senate.com. Same here, okay? That's what we need people to do. And all of you, can be part of history. Everyone, whether you're in Timbuktu or whether you're in New Zealand or whether you're in Seattle, whether you're in Massachusetts, tell all your friends September 1st, September 1st. They must ask for the Republican ballot. The establishment doesn't want people to vote in the primary. Get them and ask for the Republican ballot. If they're Republicans, they automatically get it. If they're unenrolled, they have to ask for it. And tell your friends to vote for Shiva for Senate. We need to win this on a massive landslide. Not just little, but win big, because the center of the deep state is right here in Massachusetts. We got to win. Okay, who else do we have here? Uh, someone says, okay. Someone said, um, oops. Any other questions? Would you consider rallying Western Mass? Rachel, where are you in Western Mass? We are coming to Western Mass. Okay, I'm I'm doing a a, a bus tour. After I do that rally, we're going from the 29th, then I'm coming the 29th afternoon to to Worcester, Springfield, then I'm in Great Barrington. 30th, we're having a breakfast meeting in Great Barrington. We can make that, and then we're going up to Pittsfield. So if you want me to do a rally in Pittsfield, we can do it right there, but that can be on the 30th. So if you want to do it, email me, Rachel, at V, as in Victor, A. Shiva, V.A. Shiva. That's my personal email, V.A. Shiva, at Vashiva.com, do it, and we're on our way to do it. We, we'd love to do it out there. Let's do it. Um, Belchertown, great, great to have you, Rachel. If you're in Belchertown, um, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But the towns that I'm going to be in Worcester on the 29th at around 5 p.m., it's on the schedule, then 7 p.m. in Springfield, then Great Barrington in the morning of the 30th. We're having a breakfast. If anyone wants to come there, go onto our website in the event. You'll see it. We're hosting a breakfast there. Um, We're going to celebrate the anniversary of email. That's the 30th, okay? And then we're going up to Pittsfield. So if we want to do it in – Debbie, where is Belchertown? How far is that? Can someone look it up? Someone can look it up. But we'd love to do it, Rachel. Again, email me, and we'll try to set it up. Um, this is one of the most important issues of uh, this forced vaccination. Um, it's very dear and hard to me, but, but you but we you must have someone like me to win because these other guys don't know how to fight this. They don't have the expertise. They're, they're dumb lawyers. Um, someone said, uh, hello, pick me up. I don't have a car. Maria Bo- Bongiorno OK. Uh, where our bus is going to be going down in that way, you're welcome to join us on a caravan, okay? Um, digital rights, amazing. Uh, do you think we will face a second shutdown? This is a question from Kenneth Fielding. Look, the question you're asking about the shutdown is directly related to something very, very important. It's direct. It's related to the economy And how they're using germs, you know, or the fear of germs to control us. Okay. That's what's really going on. And that's why everyone here needs to wisen up and start understanding a systems approach and how all these things are interconnected. So this is what's actually going on. And this will help, Ken, for you to find the answer to your question. What's happening is the elites, the establishment's entire economy is based on a fake economy. It crashed. It should have crashed and burned in 2008, which is the big banks. They're basically giving loans to people left and right, keeping interest rates low, and that was saved, quote unquote, saved by Obama. He didn't help, you know, any of the inner city poor blacks or poor whites. What he did was he helped the big banks. He bailed them out. Allowing the Fed to do what was called quantitative easing, which is basically allowing them to print as much money as they want to give to their friends. It's the biggest transfer of wealth that took place in September of this year, in 2019, the repo business, the banking rates, which define what the real interest rates are supposed to be. They they artificially kept them one to two percent. But in September, I I believe, 17th, 19th, it went up to 10 percent. The interest rate should be around seven, eight percent. However, the elites have kept that interest rates low artificially so their friends could take out big loans for their failing big businesses. Small businesses were thriving in this country. Interest rates should be higher. So what what happened was the coronavirus crisis was very valuable for them because what it did is was it allowed them to globally lock down the entire economy to keep interest rates low. That's what actually happened. So, what they have now is they're sitting on a pile of sand their economy working people are, are the middle class like you and me who actually work and pay taxes are getting squeezed so the coronavirus you know all the governors are getting a ton of money because they're all running states that are going bankrupt in massachusetts you know they got billions of dollars and those billions of dollars are bailout money for their failed policies so they'll do another lockdown if they can generate more money out of it, follow the money, follow the money and follow the politics. Someone said, look forward to seeing you Bill Reka." Yes, for Dr. Shiva. Jen Mason, thank you. Jen, simply send an If you voted already, you're going to vote. Simply send an email to yes at shivaforsenate.com. And Jen, go tell a hundred of your friends today to vote in the Republican primary. Yes, I'll be there on September 1st. Look forward to seeing you. Um, What else do we we got here? Southwick Mass. Great to hear from you. Michaela Mucha, great to hear from you from Southwick Mass. Please vote. Again, send an email to yes at shivaforsenate.com to let me know that you're going to be voting for us. Yes at shivaforsenate.com. We need you in Western Mass. I'm coming out to Western Mass. I've been there many, many times. We haven't forgotten you. Okay? The politicians, by the way, these politicians are not campaigning. It's all top down. I've visited 250 cities. They've visited none, okay, or little. They just do it in a perfunctory way. They call up their friends, put up a lawn sign for me, top down. We don't do that. We have volunteers over here on Zoom. We have close to 3,000 volunteers across the state. We've given out nearly 7,000 lawn signs, 500,000, you know, cards, 20,000 donations. We win the primary, we're going to have to raise around we we you know, the others are raising 50 million. I can do this in 2 million. So all of you start, you know, telling your friends, 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 if we get, you know, 100,000 people giving us 20 bucks, that's the 2 million we're gonna need for the general elections. But thank you so much for your contributions. We have to win this election. You deserve someone like me, one of us. You don't deserve these scumbag lawyers anymore. They do nothing. They do nothing. They create problems. They thrive on you. They're parasites. Um, someone said off-topic, but is Cytosolve hiring data scientists? Jonathan, email me at vashiva at vashiva.com and we can talk, vashiva at vashiva.com. We have some interesting opportunities. Someone said he's coming to Irving. Yes, Karen, I'm coming to Irving. Again, get all your friends to show up. There's a beautiful bowling alley there. We're going to be there. Um, the owner of that is supporting us. We must win. Someone said I donated and never got a link to the book. Sorry to hear that Daniel. I'm a big fan Daniel. Email me right away at va bashiva at and I'll take care of it right away within the next 24 hours. Sorry to hear that. We've been getting we've got about 20,000 requests. Sorry about that. Um uh, what else we got here? Kristen says oops, Is that Kristen? Kristen says is Dr. Shiva coming to Quincy soon? Come out and meet him. Yes, on the 31st, Kenneth. We're coming down to Quincy, then to Plymouth. Let me again um, bring up, since people are asking, let me show you the wonderful video here, which, will, which you can look. Go to shivapercenter.com. Everyone, um, click on events and if you click on this video, it's got the tour schedule. Actually, the, the vid- below the video is a tour schedule. and You can see it right here. Sunday, August 29th. Uh, Worcester, Chicopee, Sunday, August 30th, Great Barrington, Pittsfield, North Adams, Irving, Lemonster. And then Monday, Quincy, Plymouth, Barnstable, New Bedford, Brockton. And then Tuesday, September 1, Billerica, Haverhill, Gloucester, and Danvers. And by the way, everyone who comes to our event, um, we, are, we have a beautiful copy of the, uh, of the original certificate from the, from the invention of email. You get an autographed copy. You can buy it online it's 50 bucks but if you see me in person you get it for nothing okay uh so please join us get a lawn sign please tell your friends to vote we gotta win Westboro, shrewsbury um we'll be driving through there uh, but i'll be to people in westborough shrewsbury i'm going to be in worcester see you in haverhill great to have you hi linda great to see you again please tell people to vote 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 we gotta win i'm telling you we must win this election massachusetts is the center of the deep state. They do not want one of us winning this. We gotta deliver a big, big defeat to them. We gotta win. Everyone, again, in closing, I'll do another town hall tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. If you have issues you want me to discuss, please email me at my personal email address, vashiva at vashiva.com. And I'll embed them into tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. town hall. We must win. We must win and every one of you can be a part of that winning. Every one of you, every one of you, by doing two things, three things actually. One, come to our standouts. Two, you yourself, make sure you vote, either if you're gonna vote early at the early voting or vote, and as a part of that, email me at yes at shivaforsenate.com. The other thing is go tell 10 of your friends, that's all. I'm sure most of you have hundreds of friends, call 10 of them up tonight, in Massachusetts, tell them to get the Republican ballot and vote. And also tell us, tell them, yeah, I'm going to vote for Shiva. Yes, at shivaforsenate.com. Yes, at shivaforsenate.com. Yes, at shivaforsenate.com. Okay. That's what we got to do. Let me see if there's any other questions here. Um, I hope, uh, I'm hoping you, you, where you stand uh, for freedom, where you stand for freedom, where do you stand on safe sex marriage? Look, I take a libertarian view to this. Um, my view um, is that um, if the relation between an individual and another individual between is between them, that person and God, that's my view. OK. And I don't believe the state should be even involved. I don't even think we should want uh, to have to get a marriage license because now you have you, the state, you in your bedroom, you have you and your um you know your your loved one, and you have the government involved in your lives. And I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. This is between you and God. It's a sanctity, and I so I don't um, support that. You know, um, people have come to me very evangelical Christians, and they're supportive. They say, you know, you don't have to go to the state. You can directly um, get your own uh, covenant between you and God and that person. That's my belief, and I think the state is involved way too much in our lives. They are actually now involved. It's a $1.7 trillion industry where the state comes in and takes kids away from their parents. You can make one phone call and it's an incentive model. They make $60,000, $100,000 people on the chain to, to put kids in foster homes and separate families. And this is part of the attack on freedom. It's a big, big industry. Uh, who else? Okay. Anyway, i um, Belchertown is near South Hadley. 202 is a part of Springfield. It's up I-90. It's an hour from Cambridge. So anyone, uh, I'm coming to Chicopee, very close to Springfield. So everyone in Belchertown, we can do a rally in Chicopee against forced vaccinations. That's what we'll turn it into. We'll turn it into a forced vaccination rally. In fact, maybe what we should do, Debbie, this should be the stop forced vaccination tour. Maybe that's what we should change this to. What do you guys think? I mean, we can do the Truth, Freedom and Health Stop Force Vaccination and Innovation Tour. That's what we're going to do. That's what we do. It's a great idea. OK, it's going to be that because innovation is not vaccinating everyone, right? Innovation, not force vaccination. I think that goes together. OK, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the stop force vaccination tour. And innovation means the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Exactly. So, starting on the 29th, we start in the common rain or shine. This is going to be the stopped force vaccination and innovation tour. That's what we're going to do, Debbie. What do you think? Right, that's what it's going to be. See you in Haverhill. We're going to do stop force vaccination and innovation tour. The right medicine for the right person at the right time. That's what we do. Um, someone says, do you support making police? making city police chiefs an elected position similar to country sheriffs. You know, I'll tell you this. The problem I have with these police chiefs who are controlling, they have a lot of control on the Second Amendment. I have, you know, some towns which are very liberal Democrat towns make it very difficult for you to get your gun license. For example, a friend of mine was a Navy SEAL sharpshooter. He was denied a gun license in his town. So I think what you're saying may be a good idea. Maybe these police chief positions should be elected because if they're appointed, people can control the narrative. I think it's a great idea, Aaron. I hadn't thought about it. It's a brilliant idea. I support it, actually. And let me think about it, but I actually support it. Yes. What's your stance on climate change? Great question. Great question. Great question. You should go look at my video I just put up. In fact, if you haven't seen it, let me take it, take you right here. Um, let me take you right here. If you go to, I just posted, it's a video that went viral. It got, I think millions, I think it's got a million views right now. Right, Debbie? It's got a million views. If you go to it right here, uh, let me. I think you guys can see it right here. Okay, oops, it's down below here. It's right here. You can see it, it's got about 915,000 views. Um, And you can go look at it. It's right on Twitter. I recommend everyone go see it. Look, I'm a system scientist. Climate is a multi-variable fluid mechanics problem. That's what it is. You have two fluids, the 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 ocean, which is a slow moving fluid and the atmosphere, which is a very fast moving fluid. In fact, it's a turbulent fluid. And you're trying to model these two turbulent fluids to predict climate. Let me tell you the insanity of these fools who've been fooling people. As of today, in science, there is no solution to the Navier-Stokes equation. What am I saying? For a turbulent fluid, which means they cannot have a solution for a turbulent fluid. So now you're telling me they're going to model two turbulent fluids in a mixture and also integrate what's called radiative physics. What's been happening is that a bunch of people have been doing these models. And if you actually look at the models, a model, if it's true science, will predict evidence. And what is evidence in science? Scientific evidence is something that is reproducible predictions, okay? Unambiguous reproducible predictions. Unambiguous, that is a definition of evidence in science. So let me give you an example. When Isaac Newton, created the law of gravity. It was a model. He had an equation, a model, mathematical model, which said that the force between two objects, the Earth and, let's say, an apple falling down, was the following, G, the gravitational constant, times the mass of the apple times the mass of the Earth multiplied, divided by the radial, the square of the radius, the radius, Okay, between the two squares. M1 times M2 over R squared. This was Newton's law of gravitation. That was a mathematical model. It became a law because it withstood the test of time. No matter all the different, whether an apple fell or the rock fell, it proved the time. It's that is called reproducible, reproducible, and ambiguous results, and ambiguous predictions is evidence. Okay, let's look at the foolishness of how people have been fooled. First of all, climate changes. Everyone agrees to that, right? Everyone agrees to that. CO2 is a greenhouse gas. No controversy. Greenhouse gases do increase temperature, no controversy. But in science, in mathematics, you have to show how much. How much does CO2 increase the temperature? What is the relation between CO2 and delta T in temperature? Well, that in order to do that, people started doing mathematical models. And their mathematical models, in fact, the mathematical models they have, you can look at it, the IPCC report, which I've read, you should go read it, of 2018, says, for example... There are 40 different predictions, 40 of how much ice will melt on the Arctic ice. Not one, 40. One model predicts all the ice will be gone by 2030. Another, 2030, 2050. Another model predicts no ice will be gone. And there's 38 flavors in between. This is not an unambiguous prediction, it's bullshit. It would be like Isaac Newton's model saying when an apple falls, One model predicts it'll be suspended two feet in the air. Another model predicts it'll hit the ground. And another model predicts it'll be four feet, six feet. You get what I'm saying? That's not science. It's called bullshit. Yet, because scientists get big money nowadays for putting anything with climate change, it's become a money-making venture. By the way, there's no field called climate science. It's been created. The real field is fluid mechanics. And I can get more detail into it if you want. If you guys want me to speak more on this, I can get into the science. I can educate if you want. Yes? No? Am I boring you? Okay. Well, let me see what people want. So my stance on climate change is the following. Climate does change. Okay? Period. There's no stance on it. But the real issue is this. We need to lower pollution. The Paris Accords which the right thing Trump did was pull out of that nonsense, was actually increasing pollution. China per the Paris Accords can double their pollution, double it from 11 billion metric tons to 22 billion. India can go from two to four billion. That means more soot, more more sulfur, more lead. CO2 is not a pollutant. CO2 is something we need. All the pot growers are pumping CO2 into their greenhouses. They need more CO2. Human population grew when CO2 levels rose. CO2 is not a pollutant. What's a pollution is sulfur dioxide and lead and all the crap we put in. So China is allowed to double their pollution, double it by the Paris Accords. Instead of talking about that, they they're, they're it's like attacking the innocent guy over here. I'm going to go attack CO2. Okay. The bottom line is this. You have the earth, which is about 6,000 degrees Kelvin, very hot. You have the sun over here, radiation hits the earth, and the goal is around 340 square meters, watts per meter, hit the earth, 140 get bounced off by the atmosphere, 200 enter the earth. Well, it's an accountant, what the earth does is it's gotta dissipate that other 200 watts per meter. How does it do that? It does it through what's called convection. No different than you putting a hot pan of boiling water on the stove and it boils off, okay? Well, that hot pan is a surface of the earth and that surface of the earth is controlled by the, the heat of that is about 15 degrees Celsius, which maintains itself. And the people are claiming that's going to go up to some ridiculous temperature through their mathematical models, which are unsolvable models, which predict this nonsense. The whole thing is the biggest bullshit. And that's why I'm looking forward to taking on these fools like Ed Markey, who doesn't probably know how to even solve anything. And that's why you need someone like me. We need to focus on pollution, not on CO2. And by the way, climate does change. It's always going to change. It changed today. (laughs) And it changed yesterday. (laughs) And it'll keep changing, okay? (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys really need me, okay? You guys really need me. And it's really up to you you know, I don't need to do this. I got a b- bunch of nice dogs here. <laughs> I love doing my science, but I got to do this because I really, really don't like these people. They're bad people. Um, foreign policy. Uh, yeah, 5G. Good question. Oops. Michelle, by the way, we're going to change our tour. It's going to be the stop force vaccination and innovation tour Awesome! because everyone wants it. Okay. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Our dogs like it too. (laughs) They won't be wearing masks. Yeah. They won't no masks. The dogs will be maskless. (laughs) Someone wanted to mask my dogs. (laughs) Has Cytosol helped anyone with Parkinson's? Good question. We're actually, we just wrote a paper where we use Cytosol uh, last year before on looking at all neurovascular diseases, all the neurovascular diseases. One of the things you need to do understand in Parkinson's is it's a firing of the nerve. So we're doing a lot of work on demyelination, um, but there's a paper I wrote, uh, along with a great researcher out in uh, USC, USC, um, called the the parasites and neurovascular disease. Yes, cytosol, we're we we've done the framework and we're start, we're, we're going to start applying it to diseases like Parkinson's. Someone saying earth is flat. Okay. I, you know, would would be good to get out in space. We need some pictures. <laughs> um, all right. In the interest of time and in the interest of my personal health, cause I haven't eaten, I'm going to take a break. Um, but thank you, everyone. And let me just remind everyone, we got to win. We must win, we must win. And it's up to you to make sure I get in that Senate office because you need me. The world and the United States government or the people need someone like me. So it's really up to you. You got to tell all your friends to give us a lot of money. Five bucks is a lot of money for us. From You know, 100,000 people give us five bucks, that's a lot of money, okay? We don't need a little money from a lot of people. Right. I mean, we actually want a little money from a lot of people. That's a movement. I don't want a a lot of money from a few people. That's how you get controlled. But we'll take it if they want to do as long as we have a lot of money. Right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, so everyone out there, tell your friends to donate. And Michelle's here. Hello. Hello, Michelle. And when people donate to our campaign, okay, what they get is they get the book System and Revolution. You learn how to take care of your health as a system. But most importantly, we start building a community for truth, freedom, and health. Truth, freedom, and health. Truth, freedom, and, truth, health. Freedom, and health. Okay. That's what Michelle's. Te- Where's your t shirt? Oh, it's you got a. For you, you, have a seen f- it. you have a fake t shirt. It's a counterfeit one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just saying truth, freedom, this is and health. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Let's win. Okay. I want everyone to go out there right now. Rheumatoid arthritis. You know what? I'll. Uh, Richard, I'll do a whole thing on um, I'm going to do a whole series on the different diseases. After September one, uh, we did a whole di- a series on different ingredients to support the immune system. Rheumatoid arthritis. There's many, many solutions for a particular in diet. And we'll talk about it. OK, but everyone, please. This is your homework. Get everyone out there that you know to vote in the September one primary Republican ballot, Republican ballot. And then have them tell 10 of their friends. And if you're in Massachusetts and you've already voted, you're going to vote. Please send an email to yes at shiva4, numeral4senate.com. That's what everyone needs to be doing. All 500 of you. If you tell 10 people, that's 5,000 people. Yes at shiva4senate.com. Yes at shiva4senate.com. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Have a good good night. By the way, is there any other questions here? Thank you, everyone. Well, again, we'll be back here at 7.30 p.m. Uh, to doing town halls, and then we will we win. We're going to have a huge party. Everyone's invited to 701 Concord Avenue, 9 p.m., September 1st. Everyone's invited. Wherever you are, you can fly in. Uh, just come on in. Okay, thank you. Be well. Be the light. Have a good night.